so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I am your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, from realtors, lenders, builders, developers, residential or commercial, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, what really drives and motivates these top professionals in our field, separating them from everybody else in what I would like to consider a real estate titan. Our very special guest in Real Estate Titan for today, Jeremy Stump. Jeremy, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. I'm super excited about this episode. I'm sure everybody else is too. Uh, so just the general format that we're going to go through, just like with every Titan, uh, just a series of questions that everybody can hear out there for your response to get to know the man that you are, business, professional, the whole nine. So I guess sure. let's just jump in if you're cool with that. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So um, go ahead. I guess introduce yourself. Tell everybody sure. who you are and what's going on. Absolutely. I'm Jeremy Stump. I'm a vice president market leader for Cardinal Financial or mortgage lender. Awesome. Um, who I am, you know, primarily I'm a husband and a father. All right. I mean, that's, that's who I am. A military veteran, but um, before any of that, I'm a husband and a father. And honestly, uh, what drives me to keep in this business, keep doing this business the way that we've done it is... Uh, is going home every day looking in the mirror and knowing that what I'm doing and the way we're doing it is going to make my kids proud you know I would never have to to go home to them and say yeah you know why did you guys make this decision and say you know honey it was about the money um, that would uh, that would think it would bother them and it would bother me so sure. that's uh, you know like I said it's about it's about them it's about the future we're handing off to them if we're handing off an industry to a next generation um, I think it's important that we hand off an industry that's people-centric that's perfect. So that's that's what we're working towards here, trying to create a movement around that. Now, and, and that's a huge response into you know you uh, introducing yourself, and there, there's a lot in there. No, no, this is a good joke. <laughs> this is great. So, um, about what got you into the business? I mean, why what you're doing now? I mean, tell everybody a little bit about that. Sure. Um, you know, it was uh, 2001. I was coming uh, fresh out of the military. I, I think we've discussed this, um, and a lot of folks know this. I was you know pretty seriously injured, and I you know had a brain injury and some other things that. Uh, prevented me from continuing in my military career and continuing in the career path that I was on. So uh, I had some good friends who uh, owned a mortgage company at the time and they uh, invited me to come check it out almost on a trial basis, you know, wow. see if I could enjoy doing it. And okay. uh, well, what can I say? I mean, almost 18 years later, it's stuck, right? Wow, so here 18 I am. years, that yeah, flies by, be 18 right? years uh, next year. But, yeah. Unreal, unreal. And, and I think that that's, uh, it's, it's interesting how everybody gets involved in the business and, and what really drives them. I think that kind of tails into uh, the next question is, what's your why, Jeremy? And, and you alluded to that a little bit about family and things that are going on in the future of the industry, but what really gets you out of bed in the morning? What motivates you to the highest of highs in what you're doing right now with your career? Uh, honestly, and I, it, it sounds silly and I, and I have a hard time passing this on to others, but um, it's really how we in this industry are able to touch people's lives. I mean, home ownership is a big deal. Right. I don't think I got it at the beginning of my career. I didn't think I understood it. But now that I've been doing this for a while and I've seen the way that home ownership has touched people's lives, I mean, story after story about um, you know how it kind of solidified a, a family structure. You know how it uh, it. It helped a child, you know, get better grades by being in the same school with the same stable group of friends. It uh, helps career development. All the statistics out there on um, the it's the net worth of homeowners versus renters, you know, and okay. what they're they're building. You know, the average homeowner has like some it's ridiculous, like four times. I, I might be making this statistic up on the spot. I don't <laughs> hey, but, it's a live show, everybody. Give them a break. Give them a break. But, but the, the the truth being that you know the average homeowner has a much greater net worth than a renter, and I think the reason being is most renters 
don't have uh, an appreciating asset. And a home being an appreciating asset, and beyond that, being able, you know, being able to be in the same place, to not have to worry about moving, that you know, the, the, the cost incurred there. I mean, job stability, knowing that your drive is going to be the same every single day. I mean, there's so many intangibles to home ownership that just make it such a such a viable thing to sell, to be out there, to be a part of. It's it's, uh, it's really important to me. Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely what gets me out of bed. I think I said earlier, you know, everything's much easier once your feet hit the floor. Uh, you know, your feet, your feet hit the floor in the morning, doesn't matter what's going on. Once you, once you get moving, you know, it's, it's motivating to, to feel any, any type of forward progress, you know. And I, I think we're making a lot of that here in this, this community. I mean, look what it's becoming. It's amazing. It's yeah. insane how, how much it's grown and things are yeah. changing. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that can... Um, you know, confirm or resonate with what you're saying. It, it, it tells me that your why ends up being your people, your clients. I mean, and they become family, and, and that's a big representation of your brand and you actually caring above and beyond. Why I would like to consider one of many reasons that you are a real estate titan. So, I mean, that's that's very uh, evident out there in the community and your reputation, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, but uh, so going into you know tailing off of your why, I, I think you you would look at it into the. Uh, the advisory section of the show, any of the professionals that are out there watching that might want to look into a window of your success that you've had thus far, if you could go back um, and take a look at your career that you've had coming up to today, uh, and you could pinpoint one or two things that you adjusted, systems that you added, anything like that, that took your business from one level to the next, what does that look like for you, Jeremy? Oh, I would say that I, I didn't understand what the basics were. Okay. Um, you know, I've had a, a couple of good coaches. Rene Rodriguez is a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a great speaker. Okay. And uh, but he's a great trainer. Well beyond that. So <clears throat> what he did is kind of help me analyze uh, what it, what is I'm doing. You know, working from my why outward. So you know, okay. uh, instead of trying to talk to the world like you know this is this is what I sell. Come come buy it from me. It was more of you know why am I doing this? So working from our why, mm -hmm. then working outwards, you know, to okay, who am I going to deal with? So the why and the who. So. Uh, so then, okay. working so working on my working on my database was a huge one, almost by accident. Um, did a you know companies transfer one company to the next? They let me download my database and move it into a new CRM. Okay. Uh, the new CRM completely mangled my data. No <laughs> it, way. It was, it was terrible. Okay. And, uh, so I started making about fifty phone calls a day, just calling people to my database because what it did give me was a name and phone number. So, but their addresses were uh, were either missing or the wrong as previous address. Not, I mean, just a lot of uh, you know. We don't have access to their uh, the loan origination software anymore from the previous company, which is good. But wow. um, I mean, good that you don't you know, previous employees with access to people's <laughs> private data. Good point. Everybody resonates <laughs> right. with that for sure. You know, uh, security, right? Uh, yeah. Infosec. Mm -hmm. But the important thing was that I started calling these people, and I cleaned up my database. There are people who didn't want to hear from me. Um, I got to go back to. What their transaction was like, what they experienced with me. Uh, I've got stories about what the you know what buying that home or refinancing and uh, restructuring debts, what that did for them, and so it really, it really gave me a, a much greater look at the value of my database. What I was doing with it was I really touching these people. So now I'm making about 30 calls a day uh, right. into my database and just cleaning up data. I mean, I probably have 8,500 people in there. There's no shortage of people to call. Wow. You know, so we can we can just reach out, talk to folks, talk about their transaction, talk about you know where they've gone since, have they changed jobs, have they had kids since, where are their kids' birthdays, you know, and they're making sure they still want to hear from us. Most importantly, because if it's not coming from a you know a, a genuine place and you're not uh, you're not broadcasting to people who actually want to hear from you, you know, you're wasting their time and yours, and you're cluttering their <laughs> cluttering their inbox and wow. you know. It's, so those phone calls, so doing the basics. You know, okay. someone told me once that. 
top producers never have to get back to basics because they never stop doing them. Oh, that's so, so rich. Oh man, that one's been, just been huge, it's been key yeah. for me. So those, you know, just calling everybody, actually working that database and then making sure that uh, we build our team around the same set of values that we do, so okay. that, how that we have. So that means that nobody is in it for the money. I mean, everyone has to make a living. Right. But, you know, in our office, we always say, I'd rather do it for free than not do it. And, you know, and, and we, we prove that. I mean, they say you're what proves your why, right? So mm -hmm. we do that every single day, and that's been wow. key to our, to our success. It really has been. Okay, and, and hopefully everybody wrote that one down, your what proves your why. <coughs> what proves I, mean, your why. I, I think that that's really important to note, and that, that, that's uh, touching on your culture, right? Sure. Of you and your people and what you do at your operation, and I think that's important, and that, that resonates over to your clients. And it's a, it's a trickle effect. I think that that's important. And, and more people should be looking at it that way. And, and the fact of the matter is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but not everybody does. Not everybody truly cares. Some people are looking out for the paycheck and those sorts of things. They're not really looking at these people as family or guiding them through this process. So it's always refreshing to have a professional on the show who really knows that and says that. And, and I think that's a, a common ground with all the Titans. Well, I, uh, I appreciate sure. you saying that, but I, I think you're right. I mean, if. If you're in it for the wrong reasons, you're not going to be in it for very long, or you're going to have a very impersonal, uh, you know, customer experience, right? I mean, um, we're in this information age where technology is really kind of revolutionizing the way people access um, lending and all, all sorts of products, right? Sure. Amazon's supposed to be getting into the mortgage realm. I mean, there's a lot going on in the industry. It's changing. Wow. Um, but if we go into that thinking that technology works for us, right? I mean, oops. <laughs> Technology works for us, right? I mean, people create. We we create things of beauty. We you know we build these buildings to be you know aesthetically pleasing to to work for us. We build our cars to work for us, and the computers that help to revolutionize this industry to make it easier to access mortgage lending and those things. They should be working for us, not to eliminate jobs or join some race to the bottom that's going to upset everybody's uh, you know work life balance. So everyone's trying to do a hundred hour a week work week, which is unsustainable. Anyone who's I hear it all the time. I work 100 hours a week. For how long? I don't. I don't want you to die, Greg. Don't work 100 <laughs> hours a week. You will burn up. Trust me. You won't see me working 100. Maybe 80. I mean, that, that's it, there. But it happens, and yeah. I think we have the passion to do it. But it's not sustainable, and we shouldn't expect it of others. So, you know, we if we take technology, use it responsibly, we can drive down costs. We can pass some of the cost, the uh, the, the price break on to our consumer base. But we can also pass on that work-life balance to our people. Keep paying our people better. Take some of the that, that cost to produce that we're saving and pass it on. Keep paying people sure. right. Don't join that race to the bottom and diminish our value as an industry. I mean, everybody's looking for ways to do things cheaper. Right. And that's fine. Do it cheaper, but don't. I mean, like I said, don't join a race to the bottom. I mean, don't diminish your value. Our time is worth something. Agreed. We're not just trading time for money. If you replace the word time in any sentence that illustrates the importance of time, with the word life. You know, I, I, I love when people respect my time. Great, I love when people respect my life. Wow. That's different, you know, I'm spending my time doing this or am I spending my life doing this? It starts to take on a little more importance. And so, you know, like I said, we, we use this automation to help us and right. use, you know, use it to serve us and not to eliminate us, right? You'll, you'll never remove that human component from this industry, I mean. Um, I agree with that. Com computers can make very binary decisions, but they'll never see the, the beauty in a family and, and have a, uh, an abiding faith in them, right? You know, these people have been through some stuff. I'm going to help them to the next phase of their life. I'm going to guide them through it. I, I don't think at this point there's an AI that can do that. I agree. And so we need people. And in order to keep good people, you got to pay them right. So that's, and that's been kind of revolutionary in my business. Is we have a team that, you know, 
like not everybody's a commission salesperson, some are okay. salaried. Um, you know, we have loan originators, we have loan processors, processing assistants, uh, loan, loan officer assistants, all these folks are paid really, really well to be the best at their jobs and, you know, to be as efficient as possible using the technology at our disposal. And that's, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a much better value proposition than um, we're going to do a whole bunch of business. You're not going to make that much money at it. You're going to work your butt off with the computer. going to do it all for you. Just stand in front of it like Homer Simpson and push the button. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Any, any Simpsons lovers out there, you'll get that verbally. I, I mean, Jeremy, I, there were so many beautiful nuggets and ties into there um, for everybody to kind of take away and really understand. And separating you from everybody else and elevating your brand, I, something that really stuck out to me that I find is is underappreciated in so many different operations is the people. Sure. And just as you were alluding to or saying, if you treat your employees and people with respect and you support them, they're gonna work hard and they're gonna do it right. And guess what, they're gonna be happy. Everybody right. wins this way. So I think that that's a huge thing as in a leadership role, but also into what you do with consumers. So I think that's that speaks for itself. Thank man. you, Greg. So, you know, so that's great. Leadership, influence, affluence, all of those things come with a, a stewardship. You know, it's, it's not about how do I wield this, you know, it's about how do, how do I use this for the good, right? I mean, we all have, um, you know, we all have these gifts. Everybody is the best at something. Sure. We're all the absolute best person in the world at something. If you take and you just connect people with those opportunities and instead of exploiting them for their need, you know, right. magnifying their gifts and seeing the value in them and letting them rise to the occasion and do great things in their careers and recognize when they've, they've even surpassed you, you know, that's awesome. I love when that happens. You know, sure. We've had people leave for management positions or open their own you know, mortgage companies, all sorts of things over the years. I love that. Right. You know, leadership, leadership, affluence, influence is stewardship. That's, that's big, everybody. Hopefully you guys wrote that down. That is huge information. So let, let me uh, switch topics into here and get a, a little bit deeper window for everybody out there who's tuning in to who Jeremy really is. And I find that when it comes down to challenges, right, that's what really makes or breaks us and separates the, the top producers or top individuals from everybody else is not necessarily what happens but how you respond. It's easy to just skate through life when things are smooth. But when it's tough, that's what really separates. So. If you could share a challenge that you dealt with with everybody out here, Jeremy, that uh, you overcame, that made you a stronger man, uh, what would that be for you in your life? You know, I would say that um, probably 10 years into my career, um, you know, I went, went through a lot of family, you know, family issues, divorce, sure. um, and a pretty severe depression, I think, set in, you know, anxiety, I mean, that... Uh, you know, am I good enough? There's so many people doing so many great things, they're doing such big things, and I don't think I'll ever get there. Or did, did I peak early? Right? Did some awesome things in the military, and you know, why, why can't I? Why can't I still, you know, experience that degree of, of success and fulfillment and all those things? And um, I think I was just beating the heck out of myself. I really was. And uh, I, I started reading. You know, I started reading a lot. Um, okay. That Go Giver, uh, Bob Berg's book, is a fantastic, wow. uh, fantastic look into you know. The, again, the stewardship of your influence, you know, like what are you good at? How are you using that for the good? I right. uh, started looking at what are my gifts and how do I magnify them? Okay. Um, and then the other one, that Seven L book, Seven Loves of Communication, you know, Michael Mayer, he's, he's a buddy, he's a good guy. Okay. Um, okay. And again, with the, the generosity, you know, so all of a sudden you, you start to seeing a little bit of light back inside you, you know, and I still, I've, I've suffered with a, a severe anxiety disorders since I was probably 10 years old. Oh, 
no um, idea. Didn't know what it was. I just used to think I was suffocating or something in my okay. sleep. And so, um, you know, not even knowing what it was till I was probably 30. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you, you don't have a name for it, so you can't deal with it. So, um, you know, learning to deal with it and really focus on gratitude. Okay. You know, look at, okay, what's, what's good? You know, and suddenly those things start to go away. I ask myself that. Ask yourself that. What's good? Um, there's plenty, you know, there's plenty out there that's good. So um, I think struggling through that and finding uh, finding firm footing um, and just that forward progress, you know, like I said, when everything gets easier when your feet hit the floor, some days you just don't feel like it. Right. And if you just do it anyway, you know, you, you can pretty much get through anything, even if it's an inch a day, you know, I mean, you, you'll get there. And I, I think that just keeping that, keeping that confidence to, you know, like sometimes the, the forward progress is a reward in itself, you know, like you, there's, there's no, there's no cheese yet, you know, but I'm that much closer to the cheese and it feels good. Right. And it feels good to, to experience forward progress, even when you just feel like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so learning to kind of to set that, to have that mindset to, you know, it's, it's a winning mindset, even if it's winning by inches, you know, and sometimes winning by inches is, is more than enough. Right. And, and I agree with that. I think it all adds up going through it. I mean, it's, it's been thrown around a million times, but that first step is to that thousand mile journey, right? It's just, you've got to keep moving forward, even if it is a little bit. I, I think that a lot of people understand that out there, um, dealing with um, anxiety, depression, things, anything along those nature, that is no joke. That's a serious issue that a lot of people have. I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this right now can really hit that home. Um, but you've gotten to a point in your life and not being in an easy spot, but you tried and you keep moving forward and you try to better it and you, you try to do the best you can with the cards that you're dealt with. Right. You don't let it tear you down. You keep moving forward. And, and I think that's a huge message for everybody out there is you, you can't look at a man like you and say, oh gosh, Jeremy, he's got anxiety. He might be depressed. I mean, I wouldn't, you're just such a great guy, you know, a great demeanor, happy communication, that sort of thing. But that's the whole point for everybody out there is you truly can't judge a book by its cover um, and give everybody the respect. Uh, you know, it's kind of the golden rule scenario, treat everybody how you want to be treated. Um, right. I think that really resonates with everybody that way. Um, you know, so thanks for sharing that, that Jeremy. It's not easy sure. for the challenges, things like that. But obviously, look at where you're at now. You know, you wouldn't be the man you are today without dealing with everything you've dealt with. Um, you, you mentioned, um, you know, your military background, things like that. I'm sure that's a whole nother challenge that you went through as well, um, you know, and, and a lot of people out there, I mean, this is a military community, people really resonate with that, so you wouldn't mind sharing that at all, or I, I don't want to be too forward in, into that. No, but. no, it's fine, I mean, I, I honestly, try not to get into it too much, I'm kind of, you're fine, and the, you know, the reward brings me back to, you know, to a, a different place, you sure. know, a different mindset, and I think that that's, that career path that I had, fulfilling as it was, that, that is really, that is who I needed to be at that time. You know, as a, okay. as a much young, as a much younger man with a, a different, uh, I mean, a different skill set in life. I mean, I've, I've learned so much from that time that sure, I mean, a lot of the core values are there, and that's the, my biggest takeaway I think from the military is that I think we all have a set of core values that we live by, even if we haven't named them. Well uh, I think that the the military gave me that, you know, that integrity first, uh, excellence in all you do, service before self. Um, those have stuck with me and have meant something to me and have certainly carried me through some some difficult times when I, I you know, you're not rudderless, right? At least you have a compass. You know, I, at least I know what direction to point myself in and what not to compromise. Right. And at least if you, you know, you start from there, you have something to build on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was in a pretty bad accident, you know, you know, was pretty, uh, pretty broke up, you know, okay. except broke my neck. Uh, severe head injury, I had to, you know, go through a lot of speech therapy, I still kind of struggle with it every now and then. 
um, you know, holes in my memory, things like that. That have, you know, they've gotten a lot better. Okay. Um, and it, it was, and I think that some of that might have uh, might have led into a lot of the depression and probably amplified the anxiety symptoms and stuff like that. Sure. Um, you know, the, there's no shame in, in getting help for that stuff. But Absolutely. I think that's been seriously pivotal for me. Was you know, um, just getting to a point where I like I found someone I could talk to and trust, and um, and I've worked with that person for years, and it's been really helpful. That's nice. Um, you know that, that trust and being able to just be honest with that person and say, you know, this this is where I'm at. I, I have no idea why I feel this way, and let them walk you back through your story. Um, you know, I, we have this big therapy culture now where everyone wants to say, you know, <clears throat> what therapy can walk you back through and say what happened mm -hmm. and maybe why that happened. But what we do going forward is so much more important. You know, I mean, it's it's important to go back through your story and to to know who you were at a time and understand what you know what led into it and what you do going forward. What you're doing now so important and so I, I try not to rest on my laurels of the cool things I did when I was 20. Okay, you know, all right. I mean, I'm, I'll be 42 this year and a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, I have a, my, my two graduated from high school. They're, they're both college students. I have one graduating this year. Um, she's going to UC San Diego, uh, you know, Ravel School of Biology. It's such a big deal. Ah, um, you know, I have one who's a sophomore here at St. Mary's High School. She's, you know, two-sport varsity, you know, state champion basketball. Wow. I mean, so much cool stuff happening right now in my life that uh, has literally nothing to do with, you know, with what I did at that time, but has everything to do with the decisions that my, you know, my, my ex-wife and I did to, to be grown-ups. Right. So be good parents to our kids, despite how we may have felt like about one another sure. during our time. <laughs> hey. You know, with my wife, Elisa, you know, and I decided to be partners in our business. and. Uh, right. And we, you know, we met out of a mutual respect for work. You know, we, okay. we actually met at work. She was uh, an underwriter, and yeah. I was a, a loan officer. You know, and I, I walked across to be, to ask her. You know, like, hey, you know, thanks for thanks for working this file. To, to thank her for her hard work, but I never met her. I was like, oh man, <laughs> you're like, all right, <laughs> yeah, right. History was made, but um, but seriously, we, you know, we've uh, we've built a we built a business on that trust and partnership, and um, you know, there's this mutual respect and wanting to wanting to do good things for our community. To uh, you know, to, to nurture our kids in the right direction, and um, you know, people talk about this uh, this addiction to technology. One thing my kids sure. have taught me is they're looking down at their phones all the time. They do, well, they all do. They they right. might even be texting. They'd be texting each other this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> sitting here next to each other. But the, the value in that device, you know, that's their that's their window to the world. Mm -hmm. And when they will look up from that device, and what I think like the millennials, a lot of them. Sure. I don't even know <laughs> tangibly what a millennial is as far as years, but I know that my kids are that mm -hmm. age group, a couple of them, and right. they will look up from that phone when they know you're listening. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that there's a lot of folks who will, you know, like they're they're really into the device and how cheap can I get this or how fast can I get this or sure. you know, where can I get it that's going to be easy. But if they're telling their story to someone who cares about it and they're, they want to listen and hear their perspective and those things, I mean, that... Uh, I think that's the cure for the addiction. It's really not an addiction to technology. It's just, right. you know, wh wh where's this human interaction going? You know, it's uh, sure. So you're they're getting it from somewhere else, and I, I think that uh, a fellow Titan on a prior episode, uh, one of her, uh, you know, hard fast rules was taking her phone at eight o'clock, plugging it into her office, and leaving it. I mean, having a disconnect, having cut off, having people time with the kids, and actually having true conversations face to face, eyeball to eyeball. That really, really is crucial. And I, you know, when it comes to millennials, 18 to 32 years of age, I mean, there's a range into that, but they're the biggest generation in the world, bigger than the baby boomers. So 
Um, it, it's coming down to the idea of understanding how they communicate, but how can we, you know, have different conversations, deeper conversations, being truly in the moment. Um, I think that a lot of people are taking this away from that conversation. I think that's huge notes um, that you just made. You know, they're, they're such a smart group. Yep. Um, <clears throat> what I've learned about them is that they're very inclusive. Um, you know, I, I think we grew up in a time where you weren't in, you were out. Right? Sure, yeah, right, right. Uh, exactly. And I don't think they're that way. They're looking for ways to include people, and you know, I, I don't think they have the benefit of experience to look at, you know, how we go about it. Right. But man, I mean, they really don't. They don't have to label everything. They're okay with, you know, they're okay with just about everybody from all walks of life. They don't really care about their socioeconomic background or their, you know, their where you're from or your, you know, what part of the country or the world. They're kind of they're more, I would say, uh, global citizens than they. Right. And I know people don't like that, you know, globalism, all that stuff. You know, that's that's kind of where that's kind of where it's heading. The young sure. people are, I don't know, to me, they're kind of a beacon. I, I look at them like, wow, you know what? These kids have great hearts. Right. And if we're not listening to them, then they're going to put their heads back in that phone and they're going to tune us out. <laughs> that's exactly right. And as soon as we give up the reins, they're going to take it wherever they want. So yeah. I, I think we should get on board because yeah. they choose our retirement home. <laughs> that, that, good point, everybody. You mentioned that out there. So let, let's go into, uh, and, and that was a huge share, tons of tons of information into there when it comes to challenges and you overcoming them. And, and uh, I know that's going to inspire a ton of the viewers that are watching this right now. Um, so thanks for sharing that. But let's go into a slightly softer question for everybody out there too, as well as you. I don't want to beat you down too much. Sure. Um, so if you could go back in time and give your younger self, right, little or young Jeremy, a piece of advice or two, anything that you can think of, what would that be? What would you say to yourself? Ooh, depends on how early we're going back. Yeah, you know? Wherever you want to go. I mean, wherever you want to go. You know, I'd say if I could go back to really early Jeremy, I, I think that I would, uh, I would probably have cared less about what people thought and more about what I did. Wow. I think that I would have focused more on my own actions, being more uh, intentional. Hmm. Um, I think I was a smart kid, you know, that, sure. that proverbial effort not consistent with ability kid. You right, know? yes. And I, I wonder you know, what I could have got done if I really applied myself back then. Hmm. And if I could go back to my early career, I think I, think I, would, have, uh, I would have gone back to my early career and told, you know, early career Jeremy, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> build a practice, you know, don't don't work for a paycheck, build a practice, build mm -hmm. something that you can be proud of that will attract people because of the job that you're doing. Um, you know, I, for a long time, I think when I first started, I didn't understand the value of it, so I worked, okay. for, I worked for a check. Right. Right. Um, so don't work for a check, build a practice, you know, mm -hmm. uh, care about your client, reach out to them, touch them all the time, kind of like the database thing. It happened by accident. Okay. I wish it would have happened more intentionally and much earlier in my career. <laughs> this is really honest, everybody. Jeremy's yeah. letting everybody in here, so this okay. is good. Oh, yeah, it's true. I mean, true story. I mean, I, I wish that I would have focused on building a practice much earlier. Okay. Now, that's great advice. And, and whether it's young Jeremy or everybody out there, I think that that's huge advice for people to kind of pick and choose into their lives and advise. I mean, that's I love that question. It's one of my absolute favorites. Sure. So. Uh, all right, so when you're going into, and you kind of already brushed on this when you talked about the go-giver, but, uh, you know, what are you feeding your mind? Uh, you know, what books you're reading, what podcasts you listen to, what influences on social media that you're following that really gets you motivated, either in the past or now? Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> I used to, I used to uh, even up to a couple of years ago, I would, I would spend a lot of time kind of just entertaining myself okay. with, uh, with garbage, and I used to say, you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm mentally checking out because... Wow. There's so much stress and so much you know to do and so much to be done. If I can just check out from time to time, it'll it'll recharge me. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started looking at things that were enriching. And you know, you look at the 
you know, the endorphins that you get from watching a funny show and it's fun to laugh. Right. But how much stronger and valuable is it when it's something that enhances you, you know, that, that, that gives you a, a new perspective. So I, I listen to a ton of TED Talks. Um, That's beautiful. Uh, and you know, I listen to ones, I mean, it could be about anything. It could be about um, math, you know, just something I'll, I'll derive from just about anybody's TED Talk because they're not picking these, these speakers because they're, uh, you know, they're dumb, right? These people have something to say that's worth listening to. Uh, so I listen to a ton of TED Talks. Okay. Um, you know, right now I'm reading uh, Action Selling for about the fifth time. Wow. It's a, it's okay. a great book that talks about, you know, because selling is not a dirty word, right? It's not. But, it, no, it's but not. you know, if you're intentional about it, if you make it very process-driven, you know, it's okay. It's, it's good to be a salesperson, to be a good salesperson. You're bringing a product to market. Right. So I, I try to hone that, you know, okay. to, to make sure that I recognize myself as a salesperson, then I'm a good one. Sure. Um, and uh, like I said, the go-givers, you know, Bob Berg, uh, when he, he talks about just, you know, giving to whatever institution it is that you belong to, mm-hmm. and giving to your giving to your subordinates or giving to your bosses, you know, giving up, giving down, doesn't matter how you're doing it, it's just, you know, being a go-getter versus a go-giver, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go out, kind of like Zig Ziglar uh, mindset, you know, you can have whatever you want in life if you help as many people as possible get what they want, I'm paraphrasing. I'm a big um, fan of that. But it's a, it's a, it's, it's right, it's accurate. And uh, so Bob Berg does a good job of breaking that down in his books. And again, the seven levels, levels of communication, I think is, uh, you know, um, Michael Mayer talks a lot about the generosity generation. You know, I think sales, um, the mindset's changed a lot. You know, it used to be, um, used to be more pushy and it used to be sure. more about, I think it was more about price and more about, you know, the close. And now it's more, you know, you still have to, I think you have to close. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. You have to ask for the best. But I think that um, your value proposition, I think that value proposition has changed a lot over the years. And I think in that 7L book, he does a good job of, of describing that, you know, just making sure that you're always providing value instead of always closing. Because yep. always closing, um, you know, it, it does get to be a little that uh, dirty sales, not, you Yes, know. <laughs> yes, kind of the uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, um, you know, right. ABC sort of scenario. Don't That's, get me wrong, I love that. Movie. It's a great one. And <laughs> <laughs> one of Alec Baldwin's best scenes, for sure. But uh, no, I, and I, I think there there's a ton of data and information out there for everybody to look at. And, and I think that if we pick or choose one or two of those books or podcasts or, you know, TED Talks to listen to, even out of the time frame that we're trying to unwind, it's going to enrich our lives. I think those are a lot of great ads. I'm definitely going to put everything um, in the comments or description section below for everybody to, to take a look at that so you can kind of look at what Jeremy's looking at and feed your mind the same way. Um, so at the end of all this, and this has been an amazing episode, Jeremy, I appreciate it. Um, you know, a lot of great information in there for everybody to watch. So let's wrap this up with the last question. All right. So if you could sum up your brand, you as a man, uh, professional, personally, with a mantra or a quote that you live by, what does that look like for you? You know, my, my favorite quote is actually a, a David Hackworth quote, you know, it's okay. you know, military guy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, bravery is being the only person who knows you're afraid. Wow. Um, you know, we, we go into things a lot of times a little bit unsure, okay. you know, but convinced is convincing, right? I mean, if you know it's the right thing and you know you're doing it for the right reasons, even if you don't always know, um, how exactly to go about go about it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to, to seek the resources to go forward. Even if you are a little bit afraid, you know sometimes the the road is a little sketchy you know, sure. to get there. But um, you know it's it's okay to it's okay to be afraid and mm-hmm. keep moving forward. And I that's uh, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm often afraid. You know, I was, I was afraid when um, we had to move our brand from one company to the next, right? It turned out to be a great move for our, for our organization, but at the same time, you know, it was a lot of fear. I mean, mm -hmm. gosh, it's, it's fear can be paralyzing, right? You know, it can stop you in your tracks, or you know, it, it can cause you just to, to press forward and break through walls and do things because you know you need to. And, and so, uh, uh, being the only person who knows I'm afraid, I, I try to make sure that you know, in my office, everyone knows we're doing the right thing, we're going the right direction. I don't always know, you know, I don't always have it mapped out precisely. Sure. But again, the compass is pointed in the right direction. You know, we don't know what's going to come between, but I mean, we'll, you know, we'll bust through the wall when we need to. You know, when we hit it, we're not going to stop. And uh, so, and just, you know, like I said, be afraid. It's fine. Right. Just, you know, but just don't be paralyzed by it. And that, that's going back to what you discussed in the, few, uh, you know, in the beginning of this is, is keep moving forward and don't let anything stop you. But having the vulnerability and mindset and the humility to say, I don't know everything. That's okay. If I don't, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get better. Nothing's going to stop me. Right. So I, I think that that's, that's huge, Jeremy. And, uh, you know, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been a fantastic episode. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, make you an official real estate titan. So thanks so much nice. for being here, man. This is really exciting. So uh, for everybody out there, thanks so much for your time and attention. As always, um, every single Tuesday and Friday afternoons, uh, another live episode of Real Estate Titans, a different location, different titan. Um, so we'll definitely catch you guys on the next episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. I'm a titan now. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> <laughs>